0: Well, praise God. Greetings in the amazing and uh, life-transforming name of Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, whether it's online or in person, there's no greater uh, privilege that I have than to share the message of Jesus Christ, to share the love of Jesus. It is my privilege. I don't take this for granted, the ability to just uh, talk about Jesus, talk about God's Word. It is a privilege. And I uh, on Sundays, in this way, I get to talk to you all, but you all have the same privilege that I have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you're utilizing these moments, these this season of your life to share how awesome Jesus is. But this week, uh, as most of you know, uh, for... Most Christians and most people around the world, uh, this week is known as the Holy Week, right? Or the beginning of the Holy Week, as you would say. And today is Palm Sunday. Uh, I don't know if you had uh, logged in and tuned in, um, you know, at the beginning of service, but we had a little video that explained what Palm Sunday was all about. Uh, Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and little did... uh, we know that one of the busiest Sunday services of the year, for most churches, is most likely going to be online or in homes. Who would have thought of that, right? Now, as much as I don't enjoy that thought, I am grateful to God that the church is not confined or limited to a gathering in a building. The church is the dwelling place of God, and according to Jesus, because of what Jesus did, the veil was torn. We are no longer separated from God. Now God lives within us. God lives within those who have received the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ into their lives. Now, it's, it gives me so much hope that I don't have to do some of those religious traditions anymore right? Because of what Jesus did. I don't have to burn incense to please God anymore. I don't have to light candles to make God specifically happy with me. I don't even need to put down palm leaves to please God. But do you know what pleases God? It is faith that pleases God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that it is impossible to please God without faith. And the reverse means it is possible to please God with faith. So today, we come together in this format, in this way, as a faith family. We are primarily a faith family, as a church family that sings together, worships together, listens to God's word together, and prays together. This is something we get to do. And no religious tradition is going to come in the way of that. Hallelujah! I don't know about you, but I'm going to get excited, even though it's weird to do this, but I'm going to praise God with every opportunity I get. You put the mic in front of me, this is what I'm going to do. Now, as we go on this journey, and and in our series, what we've called Seek First, God has been teaching us and just refocusing us and transforming our natural human nature to worry. And he is beginning to turn worry into praise. I've heard so many praise reports of people who were naturally worried. Now they're giving thanks and praise to God. God is beginning to turn sorrow and mourning into dancing. There are many people who've never moved their butt before have begun to dance and praise God. Yes, even at the mission. I'm so glad that there are many in our church family that are challenged and have made difficult decisions to transform their habits and transform their desires by choosing to intentionally seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and trusting God that everything else will be added into their lives as a result of seeking God and his righteousness first. So last week we talked about prayer. We kind of lightly touched the topic on why we should pray if God knows everything. I don't know if you remember some of that. I sure hope you do. We kind of just kind of went around that topic and then we we kind of touched the topic. Is there even a point of praying if God is going to do whatever he planned to do anyways? What's the point of praying? I don't know if you remember that. We looked at James chapter 5 verse 13 and and today I want to uh, do 13 and 14, just very simple, just going step by step in that chapter. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but we talked about God's will. Do you remember some of that? Do you remember the two ways in which we see God operate in the Bible? Two ways, two primary ways, right? What is that? God's will is executed or happens in one or two ways. And it can happen with God's unconditional will, or it can happen with God's conditional will. Now, this, the Bible does not specify and define unconditional will and conditional will. This is what we understand from what God has said in his word, done in his word. So God's unconditional will is when he determines that something's going to happen regardless or irrespective of what anyone else does or anyone else thinks. That's God's unconditional will. Now, which, which means that it is not going to depend on you or me. That's God's unconditional will. But God's conditional will is different. There are many things that God has decided is simply not going to happen. God has said in his word that it's not going to happen until he gets cooperation from earth. Now, there are many things that God has decided that he will not bring from heaven to earth, your will in uh, on earth as it is in heaven. God is not going to make some things happen. He has pre-decided in his will and in his word and in his mind that until there is human cooperation, something's not going to happen. So there are some things in your life and my life that is not yet happening because we have not responded to God or we have not cooperated with God's will. Now, nobody likes to hear that because we like to just dump it on God and say, God, it's your problem. But God's like, yes, it is my problem. Why don't you do this or that? Now, there are some things that God has already mentioned in his will. Uh, We've previously gone through a a sermon series, and I might bring it back uh, at a later point, uh, on, on what are the five explicitly written wills of God. Right? I don't know if you remember that from last year. What are the five wills of God that God has already said? Here are five things that's already said. This is my will. So we're not going to get into that today. But there are so many things in your life and my life that are tied to God's conditional will. Unless, God, unless you and I do something about what God has already said or intended, it is not going to happen. So if you're waiting for some breakthrough in your life and it's not happening, it might be because God's conditional will is tied to it. Now, the thing is, we don't always know when it is God's conditional will and when it is God's uh, unconditional will. But that's where we talked through last week. So, and, and please, uh, I said this last week, I want to say this again. We are not talking about God's love, okay? God's love is unconditional. That's a separate topic. We're not talking about God's love here. We're talking about God's will. So let me say this again. Many things in your life and my life are not going to happen because you and I have not cooperated with God's will. So when we pray, what happens when we pray? When we pray, we are asking God to release his will from heaven to earth. We are basically, when it comes to God's uh, conditional will, all right, what what God is saying is, here, I want to bless you communicate with me say you're okay with it and and the moment we say okay yes lord we receive it that is when the floodgates of heaven begin to open so there are some things in our life god wants our cooperation god wants our response that is god's conditional will not that god cannot do it without our cooperation please don't misunderstand me i'm not saying that god waits on us every single time no there are some things god does wait on us that's what his will for us is Prayer is the mechanism. It's that mechanism that takes us from the physical realm into the spiritual realm. And prayer allows us to bring things into the spiritual realm, from, into the physical. So take something from the spiritual realm of God and bring it to the physical the manifestation of the spiritual things into the physical realm happens through the medium of prayer. Now, I know a lot of people don't like the word manifestation and all that, but manifestation is a very real thing. And a lot of things transfer from the spiritual to the physical. Jesus manifested in the form of man. That is a form of manifestation. Holy Spirit manifesting himself. That's a form of manifestation. Sometimes we don't like the word manifestation because it's being used, abused, and tortured right? But it's a very real biblical thing. So prayer is a medium through which God activates and executes his unconditional will. Now that's one of the purposes of prayer. Now last week we went through this. um, Is anyone among you in trouble? From James chapter 5 verse 13. What do you do? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. So if you're in pain, what do you do? You pray. So if you're not in pain, what do you do? If you're sad, but you're, if you're not sad, but you're glad, what do you do? You praise. So, so basically, you're always either one or the other. If you're not in pain, you are, you know, you're cheerful, right? So if you're in pain, you pray. If you're not in pain, you give praise to God, which means that regardless of what's the state of your life, pain or praise, you're constantly in communication with God. And and that's what James is trying to summarize for us. God's heart for you and I is to involve him and bring him into the good things and the bad things of life. Into every little detail. God is not wanting to stay away from us and said, okay, go figure this out on your own. Good luck. Uh, By the way, there's no such thing as luck when it comes to Christians. But God is not a God that's just dumping something on us and just detached from us. That is not God. So God wants us to involve him. And the more you resist James chapter 5, 13-16, you're going to begin to see a lot of frustration. Because when the praise is due and you have not let out the praise, there's something that's going to happen internally. You're going to collapse internally. When God does not give the praise when it's due, you are taking the burden of God upon yourself. So watch out for that. When God deserves the praise, whether you're in your workplace, whether you're in the church, Now, there is a difference between praise and worship, all right? Worship, you can do silently, but praise is not something you do silently. You know, praise is when you get excited. Praise is when you get married, you want to shout. Praise is when you win uh, a million dollars or a thousand dollars. Praise is when Jesus saves you. Praise is when when, when when the presence of God hits you and you're like, thank you, Jesus. That's praise. You cannot keep praise for yourself because praise is not something you keep for yourself. Praise is something you give out. And if you keep praise to yourself, I'm telling you, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be a grumpy, constipated person because let that praise out. All right. So if, if you've not kept, if you've not allowed yourself to praise God, I'm telling you, uh, There are many times in my life, like this morning, you know, I I just wanted to praise God. I just put some music on, things that I love to listen to, and I just started praising God. Nobody else was watching me, and I just enjoyed that time. And because of praise and worship and prayer, that I was able to prepare my heart for today. And my prayer is that all of us are praying without ceasing. We are in that constant motion of praying and praising God. Then we want to move on to verse 14. uh, That's what we want to talk about today. Verse 14 says, is anyone among you sick? And and today what I want to share is real quick, it's going to go real fast. Is anyone among you sick? Now, let me me clarify the word sick. Is anyone among you sick? The Greek word used, and in our English uh, translation, the word sick is not it's not only talking about physical sickness. The word sick in the Greek is actually a translation where it means to be weary and tired and worn out. So let me say this again. The idea of sickness in verse 14 is not only talking about physical sickness. It could be physical sickness, but the word refers to something more than physical sickness. It is the effects of sickness. It's like when you say, I am sick and tired of the stupid coronavirus, right? That also counts in verse 14. I'm really sick and tired of this coronavirus. Or or when you look at the person sitting next to you and say, I'm sick of you, right? Hopefully nobody's saying that. I'm sick of you. Now that is the form of sickness that we're talking about here. It means that uh, you're really tired of something. Now there are many people... uh, in our church family or or you hear this right i'm sick and tired of this job i'm sick and tired of this job how many of you have ever said that about jobs okay and then there are other people who've said i'm sick and tired of not having a job <laughs> right we we've all been at, at this point or the other right and i'm sick of looking for jobs i've been looking you know uh, my full time job is looking for a job and still i'm not getting a job right i mean the we see we this expression where we say, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the circumstance. You've been praying for something. It's not happening. You're expressing, what you're doing is you're expressing a form of weariness, but you're using the word sick. So the concept of sickness in uh, chapter 14 is basically talking about uh, this. It's, it could be a physical, it could be emotional, it could be circumstantial, which basically it's, it's summing up into this i've been beat down broken down because of the weight of life and i am just tired i am just tired sick of this i've been struggling with this and i am just tired so let me you know this is the, this is the time where you know what i'm talking about you know when when you're just just sighing where you're doing like ah you know what i'm talking about and then you look at some people and you're like, double, huh? right? I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, and so it's that concept of just being sick and tired. So anybody here today that's weary, I mean, you may or may not wanna raise your hand if you're sick and tired or you're just weary. Now verse 14 is talking about someone who, that, that is anyone among you sick. It's talking about someone who's ready to give up. And so what, what is the Bible asking this person to do? So in, in verse 13, was, is any one of you among trouble? Then pray, right? Pray and praise God. In in verse 14, James is taking a little more different approach. This is for someone who's giving up. It says, verse 14 says, is anyone among you sick? Then that person should send for the elders of the church to pray over them. They should ask the elders to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And And all I want to do is, Touch the first bit of verse 14, that's it. So verse 14 is talking about someone who's almost ready to give up, just tired, worn out, and it's been not just a day or two, but seasons of being worn out, right? If you've been in school for five to six years, you're like, I'm sick of this. I wanna graduate, now the virus is not even letting me graduate, so you're sick of this, right? I mean, and you you know what I'm talking about. And some of you are like, I wish I never graduated. I wish I was in school because now I'm sick of this job. I mean, everyone has different emotions going through different areas of life. The grass is always apparently greener on the other side, right? Uh, That's kind of that natural feeling. Verse 14 talks to the person who's just tired, weary, worn out, broken down. I'm basically done. Verse 14, James tells us, call the elders of the church and have them pray over you because you need the elders of the church to help you pray because you need help because somehow because of your circumstance maybe because of sin maybe because of uh, things that you've not dealt with uh, etc whatever your reasons because there are times in our lives when we feel like our prayers are not getting through and, and there are times in our lives where we don't even feel like praying anymore. Anybody that's felt like, I'm just tired of praying. I know I've been there many times in my life where I was just tired of praying. And, 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 and it seems like my prayers are not getting through. There are some things I'm praying, and, and then I'm like, I don't feel like praying anymore. And, and there are times when life beats us, you know, beats us down long enough. And deep enough, the fact is that we get tired of dealing with God. I'm not saying everybody gets tired. There are many of us, we get tired of dealing with God. Isn't that true? I know that does not sound very spiritual, right? It's not something that we want to admit. But the truth is that we do get tired. Some of you have told me that you're already tired of one week or I think one week of online classes, right? Because... There's nothing like being in a class. Initially, you were excited that uh, you didn't have to go to class because you didn't have to leave. But now you're like, I'm tired of one week of online classes because I'm not even sure what's happening anymore. Uh, I, mean, I mean, again, when life beats us down, there are times when we don't feel like talking to God. Many times we feel like God is away from us and not close to us. We've all felt that. We feel like sometimes God is unfair and that's why we don't want to pray. It And it sometimes feels like we have a connection problem. This 24-7 prayer connection that we talked about. It seems like our 24-7 prayer connection that we have with God is having some issues. Right? It's sometimes when I call into conference calls, I'm talking away and little do I realize that they only heard half the thing that I talked about. Right? Because of... uh, issues with the internet or whatever the problems with and there are times in our lives we feel like god's not listening to us for whatever reason and there are times where we feel like we're saying the same words over and over again it feels like we're talking to ourselves is is god even listening to any of this and then you just get tired and and here's what james chapter 5 verse 14 it's saying james is saying that at the point where you hit like weariness just the effects of sickness you need more than you listen to me clearly so he says go to the elders of the church it basically it's representing the spiritual leadership of the church the, the people god has put over your life in spiritual authority it's asking the weary the sick the broken down the torn down person go get help from the leaders of the church because when you need a breakthrough and you haven't been able to get this breakthrough on your own, so you need someone else. When just when you're getting to getting ready to throw the towel in that expression, you need some people in your life who can cry out for you because you are too tired to cry out for yourself. Too tired. We've all been there. If not, you will be there at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just what life does to us. Some of us don't like to cry because we we feel like we don't look too good when we cry. But uh, the truth is, whether we cry out or keep our tears in, there are things in our life that break us apart. And that is why every follower of Jesus Christ needs to be part of a local church or a fellowship. Every single believer needs to be part of a local church or fellowship because the truth is you cannot you know, when you can't keep going on, you need someone to help you keep going on. Can I hear an amen to that? Maybe? Amen. <laughs> amen. So let me, let me say this clearly. If you were multitasking, shopping on Amazon, didn't listen to anything else, here's what I want you to hear. We are not designed to be Lone Ranger Christians. Let me say this again. We are not designed to be Lone Ranger Christians. There must be spiritual people who can carry you when you cannot carry yourselves. I mean, I cannot make this clear. You can try to do this Lone Ranger thing and you're going to get tired. You're going to get worn out. I mean, you're going to go from verse 13, you're going to move to verse 14. Guaranteed. Anyone who tries to do the Lone Ranger thing will end up in verse 14. There must be spiritual people who can carry you when you can't carry yourselves. And most of the time the carrying is often done through prayer because there are times in my life, I'm telling you, there are times where I was defocused. I was just not seeking the face of God and, and, you know, just, just walking away, not intentionally, but just as a result of decisions I made, I was just kind of, moving away from God, not that God was moving away from me, but but sin, choices, consequences, all of that began to separate me from whatever God had for me. And the next thing, you know, we're away from fellowship. Then the, only, then the next thing that happened to that is we begin to not really enjoy the word of God, but we love praise and worship, you know, songs. And then soon we will find fault with that too. And then we'll say, everyone's useless. Everyone's worthless. You know, the church is just a bunch of hypocrites while you are... Blaming the church for hypocrisy, you're yourself being a hypocrite. This is kind of the sequence. From verse 13, you'll move to 14, and then you're out. <laughs> this is what happens. So when you are at verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Go get help. How many of you know this? Uh, and I don't have the verses pulled up here i'm reminded of the story in mark chapter 2 do you guys remember the story of the paralyzed man that couldn't get up i don't know if you remember that story if you've been in church if you've been raised in church you know that i mean oh if you have a bible pull it up mark chapter 2 there's that story i think it's mark chapter 2 the story of the paralyzed man that couldn't get up he simply couldn't get up i mean he was just stuck and that was about it and he was, the Bible says that he was laying there for a very long time and simply couldn't get up. But guess what? He had four of his homies that showed up, right? If you look at that passage, he had four brothers. You know what they did? These four homies, they came and they picked him up. They took him to the house where Jesus was preaching, right? And, and they just didn't take him there because it was so full, so packed. What they did, they, they put they cut a hole in the roof and let this paralyzed man down in front of Jesus. That is the kind of friends we need, okay? They're willing to do housework for you and construction for you and deconstruct things, right? Imagine if it wasn't for these four friends, he wouldn't be in front of Jesus. So when we cannot walk on our own, when life gets us down, when we're paralyzed, when we are just stuck and that's it, guess what? We need those people to carry us and bring us to Jesus Christ. That's why we need fellowship. And then do you remember what happens? And, and, And the passage says, and then Jesus... When Jesus saw their faith, right, not the sick man's faith, but when Jesus saw the faith of the four brothers who picked the man up and put them in front of Jesus, when Jesus saw the faith of these four brothers, Jesus healed the man. Did it say Jesus saw the faith of this man and healed him? No, that's not what the Bible is saying here. Jesus saw the faith of these four brothers and healed this man. This man couldn't get up on his own but he had some people in his life who cared enough about him to reach over, pick him up, lift him up, carve a hole out in the roof and carry him and drop him down to Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to heal you because of them. Because you can't get up on your own. And the truth is, all of us get tired. And the fact is, we need each other. If there's somebody next to you Right, Turn to them and say, I need you, brother, or I need you, we need each other. (laughs) Because the truth is, we do need each other. I know this is kind of in that online format. Um, uh, This is my, I think my ninth year as a pastor, and I can tell you, those who have told me that, oh yeah, you know, the Bible doesn't say go to church. Well, the Bible says do not forsake the assembly of the believers. Uh, so I don't know where you're getting that. That's, uh, that's what church means, by the way. Uh, it's not a building we're talking about. So when we forsake the assembly of believers, when, when people are gathered for fellowship and praise, like the Acts chapter two, what do you do when you come for fellowship? Acts chapter two outlines that, right? What I'm telling you is, we are going to get tired sooner or later. And I know from personal experience, there are times where I didn't want to talk to God. My faith was not where it needed to be. And there were people in my life that picked me up, restored me back, nurtured me, fed me spiritually, and also oftentimes physically, and then took me up, put me in front of Jesus, and nursed me back to health. Those are the kind of homies we need in our lives. So, If there are some of you who are choosing the path of intentional loneliness and then you ask God, Lord, why am I so lonely? It's because you chose to forsake the assembly of believers. Let me make that clear again. If you are lonely and you are in Wichita, for example, it's your own fault. Okay, let me say that again. Now for the non-Wichitans on the screen, Everybody's got a chance to be part of some fellowship or the other. Now I know that not every fellowship is the same. There will be issues. We're all broken people. Okay? Uh, Don't we know that? We, We have so many issues. We could pinpoint that, but we could also be the agent of change. Maybe there are people in your life right now that you need to pick up and take in front of Jesus. Maybe you are that person who needs to be taken to Jesus. Can you stop ignoring the realities of life and really acknowledging that we need each other? I think it's about time that God's calling us to stop acting too smart, thinking that we're good enough on our own. Get help. There are people who would love on you in ways that you cannot imagine. My prayer is that every single person that's tuned in today will begin to sense the value of people who can pick them up. And that's also another reason for being part of a fellowship. Sometimes you're the one who needs to be picked up and other times you need someone else picking up. Let's just pray. Bobby just thank you for your mighty, powerful word. Thank you for your grace. Your timeless truths, Lord, no matter how much we try to counter the way you have designed things for us, the way you've planned things for our life, every time we try to go against it, Lord, it doesn't work out in the end, Lord. All those things will not be added unto us when we don't seek you and your righteous ways. Lord. And today we want to come before you and say, forgive us for our prayerlessness. Forgive us for the times where we've ignored uh, and chosen not to pray for somebody else. Forgive us of the times where we just chose to do things on our own, thinking everybody hates us or we hate everybody. Whatever those emotions are, what I pray for those who really need to receive forgiveness in their lives, whether it's from you or from someone else. What I pray that today and this coming week will be a uh, there will be just transformation, this supernatural outworking of you just pouring out forgiveness. And for those who need to forgive others, Lord, I pray that they're able to forgive, Lord. We need each other. And Lord, let unforgiveness not be a factor in us not taking part in your design and in your plans. I pray for every heart that needs to really hear from you today. I'm so grateful for this church family. I'm so grateful for this faith family that loves on Melissa and me. And just takes care of us in so many ways, Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you. I pray that every person that's tuned in begins to sense this.